Welcome this morning to Thanksgiving Sunday. You might not have thought of it that way, but I have. At least for me, as I've gotten closer to today, and I've been thinking about this service and different parts of it, I have felt more and more thankful and blessed and just wanted to focus on Thanksgiving today. It's a tremendous privilege for the people of God. The scriptures tell us to give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. But it says give thanks in all circumstances. And there's a big difference between those two things. And as God can help us to understand how important a heart of thanksgiving is, He can help us with those circumstances that are difficult and challenging in our lives. There's no one here this morning, I'm quite sure, except maybe the baby who doesn't know any different. It doesn't have hard circumstances today. Some far more than others. Some a lot less than others. But whatever your circumstances are, remember that God's Word says to be thankful in those circumstances. That somehow God can work in them to bring about good to those that are love Him and called according to, it, to His purpose. Thanksgiving, as I said a moment ago, is a tremendous privilege for the people of God. We should be the most grateful, hopeful, joyful people on earth. We should also be the most compassionate. We should also be the ones that look forward to eternity the most. There should be a churning of thankfulness that comes from a right focus on God and having a right attitude and spirit about God and His hand in our world that would help His people when the circumstances are difficult. When there are things that we face and we all will face them that are hard, God can help us to have that right worldview of His hands. We see that throughout the Bible. And we see that in the, to a culmination, coming to a culmination in the book of Revelation. For those of you that haven't been with us, we've been studying in the book of Revelation now for quite a while. And last Sunday I said that uh, today we're going to change our focus a little bit. In fact, we're going to focus on Thanksgiving today and we're going to pick up in the book of Revelation, chapter 8 and chapter 9, Lord willing, in January, as we come closer to this special season, next week we'll have missionaries from Peru, the Gauman family. They're not going to be here, could not get his visa, but they're going to be on through uh, our, our media, and uh, some, I'm not sure exactly how, but hopefully going to speak to us and tell us what's going on in, in the ministry in Peru. And So it's going to be different, it's always different but we're going to have a great opportunity next week to connect with one of our church families from Peru, and I'm looking forward to that. So here we are today, but also, as I focus on Thanksgiving, I don't want to abandon the book of Revelation, for I want us to go to the book of Revelation and think about and talk about Thanksgiving also today. For Thanksgiving isn't an... or not Thanksgiving. The book of Revelation is an incredible book about worship and thanksgiving. Man, the more you read the book of Revelation and the more you take time to absorb it, you just see over and over and over again true worship and thanksgiving. In a different context than we live today, but 
There's incredible worship and thanksgiving in the book of Revelation. Incredible passages beginning the early part of Revelation, the first few chapters all the way up to chapter 2, God is being praised and honored. And it's a great example. It's a great focus for us. For God is worthy of our praise. And over and over again in the book of Revelation, we read about the worthiness of God to be praised. That God is worthy for us somehow to marshal or corral our lives, our emotions, our challenges, our problems, the things that are tough in life, and corral all that into a, into a circle that includes a recognition that God is with us and present and active and working in our circumstances. The book of Revelation is an incredible book about praise and worship to God. And this morning I want us to think about some of those passages and read them. God is worthy of our praise. I want to say today God is worthy of our best. God is worthy of our best in worship. Whatever that is, God is worthy of your very best today and your focus on Him. Who He is, not because you'll learn something, but that's good, or not because you're going to get something, because God is worthy of that. When we think of the majesty and the power and the glory and what God has done and accomplished and the nature of God and His, His love, He is so far above and beyond us that we can't hardly think to describe it, but today we're in the presence. God has promised that we're in the presence of an eternal, powerful God whose Holy Spirit is here. He hears us. He knows us. He knows what's going on all around us. He is worthy. He is higher. He is just. He is loving. He is kind. He is merciful. So many things that we could say about the majesty of God today if somehow, at least for a while, and in, in one sense that we would live with this, this daily sense and this hourly sense, and even in the, the trials of life, if even through those we can still sense the greatness of God that would help us in life circumstances. He is worthy of our praise in this life. He's certainly worthy of our praise for His help today. And we talked about last week and a little bit the week before how those chapters in the book of Revelation that we're currently in shows what happens when God withdraws His Holy Spirit from the earth. And how sin will have no bridle and wickedness and evil. But God is with us. He's promised His Holy Spirit for us every moment, every day to every believer the Spirit of God, the power of God, the truth of God, the voice of God in your heart and in my heart and in our lives. God is there every day. That's something to be thankful for. It's something to be reminded of. It's something to go back to in the midst of what's going on and say, yes, I do believe in this God. I do believe God created the heaven and earth. I do believe that He's revealed Himself in Holy Scriptures. I do believe that He knew, knows my name. He knows every hair on my head. He knows every day of my life before one of them comes to be. God knows me and He loves me. And He sent His Son to die on the cross for me, for you. That's something to be so thankful for. That's this life. And then Revelation reminds us of the incredible 
thought and idea of all of eternity and what God has planned. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind hath conceived what God hath prepared for those that love Him. You realize that this is an incredible God that deserves our praise today. He deserves some kind of reaction out of us in life. I mean, some of us are more talkative than others. Some are more loud than others. Some of us have something to say all the time, whether or not, you know, whatever. But doesn't God deserve from every one of us our very best in being thankful to Him, whatever that is? Doesn't God deserve the very best that we have to be thankful for Him? Today, I, I'm trying to describe this thought. I, I'm going to call it a true heart recognition. True heart. Doesn't God deserve our true hearts of praise and thanksgiving to Him? I mean, deep down on the inside, if we have chosen to accept Him, to redeem us for our sins and be made right with God in salvation, doesn't our heart, doesn't God deserve our truest heart of devotion and recognition? That that should be the primary thing that comes out of us. That there should be something about a spirit of thanksgiving that, man, every Christian should be known as a thankful person to God. I mean, I'll go far as to say, Every Christian should have people in their lives that see it in how we live and what we say, how we approach our problems, how we deal with life and the future and hope and how we deal with tragedy and pain. They should see within something of us of a heart that recognizes the authority of God, the preciousness of God, that heartbeat of thanksgiving so that all of our core of who we are is responsive and recognizes and grateful to God. Today I'd like for us to meditate for a few minutes on the greatness of God. That does take time. Wherever you're at, whenever you try to slow down and do that, that takes effort to slow down and stop and meditate. That word meditate is precious. I meditate on thy word day and night, the psalmist wrote. Meditation. The chief end of man, according to the Westminster Shorter Catechism. You've probably heard this many times. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. I love that historic statement. The chief end of man. In the end, what should it be about for those that are redeemed by God's grace? To glorify Him and to enjoy Him. Both of those things are incredible. Do you enjoy God? Does your heart and your life focus on being thankful and responsive to Him? How beautiful. Listen, in the book of Revelation here, I'm going to read a series of, of, of uh, short verses. 
about what Revelation says about Thanksgiving. Now again, this is in the context of eternity and getting there, the end times. and So I'm not reading these in the context and talking about the context, but just hear how heaven worships, if you would. I mean, these are beings that are already there. They're not down here. They're not dealing with Satan right now. But listen to how those that are in heaven are responding and reacting and worshiping. Chapter 4, I'm going to read 5 or 6 of them. Chapter 4, verse 11 says, Day and night, they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty who was and is and is to come. Day and night, all of heaven, they never stop saying it. There's a continuousness about it that's precious. Chapter 5, verse 9. And they sing a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. Chapter 5, verse 12. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and, and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. What caught my, my, my attention and I circled that word is every creature in heaven. Wow. On earth and under the earth. We've seen that phrase several times in the book of Revelation. won't go back into it, but think of that. Every creature. You know, all those 10,000 times 10,000 angels in heaven and the elders, which we'll, we'll look at here in a moment, around the throne and the four living creatures, whatever they were, and, and, all the, and the souls under the altar who have been martyred for the faith, and on and on we could go. Every one of them are praising God like crazy in heaven. Amazing. Beautiful. And one more. It kind of stops me in my track. Last week we read this passage and I preached from it, but I never, never, never said anything about this, these five or six words. But ever since then I thought, oh, I should have and I want to. And so this week's the week. Chapter 7, verse 10, And they crowd in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God. Salvation belongs to our God. They're crying and singing and waving palm branches and wearing white robes. And, and the angels are standing around the throne, around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces, the throne, and worshiped. All this because salvation belongs to our God. Do you know that God has given you an incredible gift if you've received Him of salvation that is forever and ever and ever? God somehow will make it right in heaven about the pain and the problems and the injustice and all the horrible stuff that happens in our world. I don't understand it, but I, I somehow believe it, that God understands all about the evil that's going on in our generation and has in every generation. It's not that we all of a sudden have evil in our time. Evil has happened since Adam and Eve. And in heaven, somehow the angels get it that God's going to make it all right in eternity. I don't know how. I don't know how, what to say to somebody that's been treated so badly and 
been hurt or abused by others, but somehow God is going to take that into a healing place. We talked about healing a couple weeks ago. Later on at the end of the book of Revelation, we'll talk about the healing of God and how God is going to make it right in the end. I don't know how that is. And I don't know if that can help you with the hurt and the pain that you feel sometimes, but realize that God holds that completely in His hands and it's, it's beautiful. They cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God. Salvation. For a moment, think of how precious this salvation. Number one, we know it's a gift from God. Salvation is a gift from God. It is bought with an incredible price. The price of the lamb, the one that was able to open the scrolls of of bringing together the end times and the incredible culmination of human history and, and, and a defeat of the enemy of Satan. Uh, it's bought with a price. That price is precious. I know we, we've heard it so many times that I know that we can kind of ho-hum. Yeah, that's true. He died on the cross and what that means. But somehow we got to get back out of that ho-hum and, and realize again freshly what it means that we're bought with a price. You could not do it yourself. You could not be reconciled to God. You cannot have eternal life without the Lord Jesus Christ and a sacrifice for your sins. And you you have to open your heart and say, yes, I believe I receive Him. To Him who received, they become the children of God. Salvation is the gift of God, but it is the choice of man. God gives you a choice to make. And He also gives you a choice about what you do with it after you've received Him and whether or not you cherish that gift. It's like a precious gift. The most precious gift I can think of right now, and I hope it's okay, is my wife made me a pumpkin pie this week. I've been begging her for a piece of pie for I don't know how long. My wife makes the best pumpkin pie anywhere in the world. She really does. That's my opinion. It's just good. She just got it. She's got the recipe and, you know. Man, that was a gift. That was a gift. I enjoyed every bite of it. I hope you enjoy every bite of the meaning of the salvation of God. And man, when you start to get tangled up with life and problems and the mess that we have around us, I hope that somehow you can sweep that away and hold the gift of salvation and be thankful for it. It's a lot to be thankful for and to hold on to. It's beautiful. It's bought with a price. And it says here, it belongs to our God. Wow. The giver of the gift holds that gift carefully. And He offers it to not like he got in a package and he just says, Here, Wayne, you want my salvation? It belongs to him. And he's very, very careful with it. He's very exact with it. He's very giving with it. He's very purposed with the gift. And it's for you. You can either receive it or reject it. You can sense within you how precious the gift is or you can take it for granted because you've heard it before. 
But today on this Thanksgiving Sunday, may we cherish the gift of salvation and be thankful deep in our hearts for it. It is a gift that belongs to our God. It is a gift forever and ever. I mean, when you think of what eternity is and you start to try to cipher that out, eternity forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. That's a gift. That's a gift. Oh God, thank You for the gift. It is worthy of our thanksgiving. Our salvation is worthy of our greatest praise. Jonah said it like this. It's amazing to me in the book of Jonah, the similar, Jonah, the similarity to the book of Revelation in this passage. But I with shouts of grateful praise will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. Here's this Old Testament prophet. And he understands the incredible gift of salvation. And in so many passages, both in the Old Testament and New Testament, remind us of the incredible gift of God's salvation. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 is another verse that's beautiful and Precious through Him, then let us continuously offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. A beautiful passage. One more, Psalm chapter 28, 7 says this, The Lord is my strength and my shield. In Him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exalts, and with my song I will give thanks to Him. Boy, there's so many scriptures and passages that remind us how precious and powerful and so much that we have to be thankful for. Three more verses. Chapter 11, verse 15. The seventh angel sounded his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven which said, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah and he will reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who were seated on the thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great, great power and you have begun, begun to reign. This is the seventh trumpet. I know we're moving ahead from where we were last week, and I'm not getting into the context of the seventh trumpet, but I wanted to read these words today because they, they represent in some ways the beginning of the end. You could really say that many places in the book of Revelation. But I wanted us to see the call to worship that's here in these beautiful verses. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of God. That God, or that the kingdoms and the world order is going to be received into the kingdom of God. And He's going to make it right. He's going to change things. He's going to change where we're at. The kingdom of the world. God is taking over. In other words, in Revelation chapter 11, we're reminded that God's taking over. He's moving in. And when He moves in, He's going to make everything right and perfect and wonderful. The Messiah has done His work. The Messiah has accomplished everything that needs to be accomplished. You might say it like this. The election's over and Satan is a lame duck. And he's still fighting and kicking and scratching. And that's what we have. That's what we're going to have for a while. Until the end is here. And God brings it about. Satan will fight to the end. 
But God is in control. And I'm thankful for that. He will reign forever, the Scripture says. Forever and ever. He will bring judgment. And He will reward His people. That's a lot to be thankful for today. Truly thankful. Would you go to that slide that says spiritual thanksgiving, please? As I close this morning, I just want to remind us of how important our words of thanksgiving are. And we're thankful for all the blessings God gives us in this life. And some thanksgivings, that's what we focus on. And that's, that's great. By the way, we are having a Thanksgiving Eve service in a week and a half. Those things that we're thankful for in this life are very important. But also the spiritual things that we have are important when we talk about Thanksgiving. That it's deeper than that God has given me a car to drive and a warm house to be in and a family and all those things I cherish and I love and mean so much to me and I want to be thankful for. But I'm really thinking more this morning about the spiritual blessings of God and how important it is to hold on to those things. Be reminded of those things. Come back to those things. Is God worthy of our best thanksgiving? Is God worthy of our best praise, our focus, our internal sense of worship that leads to an external sense of expression? Does God deserve both? Does He deserve our response? Does God deserve our very best? Four things to just ask you to think about and take home today. The privilege we have to respond. Number one, take time to meditate on the gifts of God. Take time to stop and focus on the goodness of God. If you don't do that, you just go right on past it. Oh, thank you, God. Maybe at a mealtime, thank you, God, for all your blessings and the food, and it's really great, and I really enjoy it. Thank you. And Take time to meditate. That means cease. Cease life for a time and meditate on the goodness of God. He is worthy of that. Take time to name your blessings. Internal, external, in your prayer closet, with your loved ones. But take time to do that. Nobody can do that for you. Your parent, your child, your spouse. Nobody can do that for you. Take time to name your blessings. Take time to express it. And the last thing that I want to say about that is this. Take time to consider how important your influence is when it comes to Thanksgiving. I'm really thinking about families today. About this. I'm really thinking about parents. It's just honestly where, where, I'm, where I'm going. Parents, you will teach your kids to be thankful or bitter by how you handle life. 
You'll teach them to be afraid. You'll teach them to doubt everything, the wrong things. You will teach them to be caustic. You will teach them to totally throw away their influence for Christ if you're not careful. Oh, be careful. All right. That's my sermon today. Would you turn to hymn number 20? And would you stand? I want to invite you today to praise the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation and say, God, what do you say to me today? What is it you want to say in my heart and my life and my spirit? Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Oh, my soul, praise Him, for He is thy health and salvation. All ye who hear, now to His temple draw Father, I pray that you would help us to honor you and trust you 
and find Your voice and Your hand in our lives and in this day that we live, that in this day we'll honor You however You want us to, God. Help us to be teachable by Your Spirit. Help us to be teachable with Your incredible Word. And God, that we would just fall into Your plan and Your desire for us and our influence and our world around us, I pray. Thank You for who You are. Thank You for the incredible gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.